0: Good evening, everyone. This is Tala with drive Through Therapy. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight on another episode. And as always, I'm grateful for your support. I appreciate you. And so if you are new, welcome. If you are not new, uh, welcome. <laughs> and i um, getting started today. This topic tonight, I kind of been reflecting on this for a little bit. And I thought, you know, let me just go ahead uh, to talk about this because it, it commonly happens in therapy more than you guys will know but uh people do actually talk about this and sometimes they're ashamed to do that they're ashamed to do that and i want to address it because i'm on a, i'm on a roll addressing things that are somehow uh, people avoid as a matter of fact that's my main goal in life is to address everything that you try to avoid i want to uh, address it somehow. I want us to look at it, work on it. If you have it, admit you have it, accept it. And then you admitting you have it or accepting it, you get to work on it. But as long as you continue to think you don't have it or you, you're you covering it up somehow, unfortunately, that's where all the, the diseases, disorders start to fester. You know, there's a saying that says you are as sick as your secrets. And that's why The more secrets you uncover about yourself, the more self-acceptance you're allowing within, the better your life will get, I promise. But it's the hidden stuff, the secrets that just gets us to be just sicker and behave in sicker ways is the best way to say that. So tonight, I'm going to talk about something that people really don't want to talk about, but it's more, like I said, more common than people actually admit. And that is... (laughs) that they feel guilty about not liking being a parent. And they never come to session and say, I want to work on being a kinder, compassionate parent. I want to learn what I'm doing that's causing me stress, you know? And I wish people would. You know, I have to get it out of them. You know, th- there's a lot of stressful thought patterns that cause parent- parenting to be even more stressful than it needs to be. And today I'm going to actually talk about a few of those things that are really going to help you lighten up your approach to- towards parenting and adding more compassion for yourself and for other people. uh, uh Not just your children, but your spouse, your your boyfriend, girlfriend, your family, if you live with them, or they live with you, just adding that level of compassion is pretty important. And uh, we never like ourselves for the stuff that we do as parents. You know, we think, you know, I raised my voice, and the first thing we do is give a justification. We were so angry, I had to raise my voice. You made me raise my voice. And we tell kids that sometimes. And unfortunately, we give them the hint or the indication or implication that, that they somehow did something to cause me to respond in the way I'm responding as an adult towards them. So that's the first thing I think that we do. Unfortunately, unfortunately, is that we blame the child if, and if you are, it doesn't mean that we, you yourself are doing it. Maybe you're not doing it. But if we are blaming the children for our feelings, that means we're not taking responsibility for our feelings, right? We're just feeling feelings and apparently losing ourselves in the process, not being able to emotionally regulate. And of course, the kid wants to please you. It's pretty intimidating when you have an adult saying that you made me angry. So the kid is going to unfortunately, sadly, take responsibility for your feelings because they don't know any better. They don't have any experience to say, mom, dad, <laughs> I'm not responsible for your anger. Chill. Chill. Get your stuff together, right? I don't think they're going to say all that to you. So unfortunately, we're going to give them the burden of your feelings. So let's not do that. That's like the first thing that I I think adds so much problems in parenting. And later on, that child as an adult becomes such a, a codependent because they start wanting to please people and get their value from that. So that's what we don't want to do. We don't want to make kids into uh, adults that are basing their value on people's responses, right? It, it's a prison. We don't want to introduce that nonsense to them. So please, parents, take the responsibility for your feelings. I got angry because I got angry. Uh, and there's ways to get disappointed or angry and not react in a way where the kid is going to be like, Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll take responsibility. Just don't stop getting mad, you know? <laughs> Poor kid. So if you're doing that, please stop. Please stop. You don't know. You don't know what I know. Seeing kids that are adults years later impacted by this, okay? And maybe you yourself were impacted by this. So have compassion for yourself and others. In this case, my friends, I know you'll like yourself better. The second thing I want to point out that makes parenting a little wild is (laughs) an experience that is unpleasant at times is... When the adult interprets the child's intentions in an adultified way. Now, what this looks like is like, let's say I tell a four-year-old, you're disrespecting me. Stop disrespecting me. What I'm doing is I'm imposing my adult intention, which is like my experience, my ideas of what disrespect is. I'm imposing that on a four-year-old that hasn't lived long enough to know what the hell that is. (laughs) The four-year-old is like, yeah, I guess I'm disrespecting my parent, you know, and so we're reacting in this anger again, not taking responsibility for that, and we're blaming the kid. We're, we're putting the intentions like you—you you are disrespecting me. And the kid's like, I don't even know what that is, lady. I—I I I can't even spell. I can't even—I don't even know words, <laughs> right? And yet we impose our. Uh, idea on them that will just make us angry we're not looking at a child from a child's eye level we're not bending down to look at them and talk to them we're simply standing above them and we're just like just delivering the messages and these messages either direct or indirect will have an impact eventually on the child so this one here friends is pretty important Please do not impose intentions on a child that you know are adult. Ask yourself right before you're about to do it. Is it really that's that's what my kid is trying to do? Like, is he really trying to tell me that, you know, I just don't want to do what you want me to do? Is he really, or she's trying to tell me that, you know, I'm trying to disrespect you. I'm trying, like, I need to think about it. Do they really have enough experience to say those things? You know, at times, can a kid like push the envelope? Sure, sure. But this is the thing, either way, they've learned to, you know, a kid, I find a lot of the times, if they continue to do something that angers the parent, there's a couple of reasons why they may be doing it. Number one, for attention. Number two is going to be, uh, listen, I'm not pleasing you anyways, no matter what I do. And you only, you know, uh I only get noticed for these things. I'm like, the heck with it anyway. So the kid kind of does whatever, right? Uh Yeah, th- that one there is pretty darn important, friends. That one there is pretty important, okay? So just be careful with that. It's a very it, a touchy situation here is that it, it, you impose adult intention on a child, on a child's experience, a child's mind, a child's little body, you know? It's, it's like not it doesn't make sense to me, but for some people, it could be. It, it, it does. And, and that just tells me that we're kind of losing track of ourselves when we're around our kids. We're just not paying attention. We're not self aware. We're not self aware. Okay. So that's the second one. The third important thing I want you guys to notice that will really help you like yourself more when you're around your kids, which is why it's going to be a lot easier to parent. Because look, when I like myself around my kids, that's an enjoyable situation. It's when I do stuff that I'm like, damn, I just said that to my kid, or I just yelled that way or raised my voice or whatever it is. That's the part that you don't start liking yourself for when you're around your kid. And unfortunately, that actually uh, starts associating your child with Like, they're, like, you're gonna start thinking they're the problem, right? Like, oh, God, it's so much work. It's so much work, right? But it's not really them. It's not them. It's us as parents that are just not, um, being self-aware. So let's be self-aware so we can emotionally regulate ourselves, not have the children regulate our emotions. They don't need to fix nothing for us to get less angry, is another way to say that. Okay. So the third thing I want people to kind of start doing on purpose to help them out is to remember that we teach a child what level of voice, I guess, tone or level of voice they will hear. (laughs) Let me explain what I mean by that. It's important to know that children in their home, this is their first, uh, this is where they build their idea of what reality is. They build this blueprint or schema that determines what reality is. Anything that resembles their home, their life, they will think it is called real, but anything that doesn't resemble how they grew up or what their, uh, uh, you know, how they lived and the belief system that they heard, unfortunately, they may not call that real or they may call it fake or have different names for it. That tells you how important it is for us to be aware of what reality we're creating. So if I, I yell as a way to communicate, just remember that yelling is convenient for the parent, uh, but not for the child. The child usually ends up kind of not hearing the more you yell for them to do something, yell, or you remind them and you yell and you're raising your voice and you, ha- you think you have to raise your voice, the more you do that, unfortunately, the more you're teaching them that they only can hear you. <laughs> I know this is fun. They can only hear you when you raise your voice. They're, you're not teaching them to listen before that. And most people tell me, well, Tala, they're not listening. Anyways, I have to yell. I got you. But it didn't just start off like that. Again, we develop their reality. We let them know what is the norm in this family. So we just have to double check. Okay, what, how much do I yell? You know, how much have I taught them that I got to really yell to get their attention? And then I'm going to have to kind of work a little backwards here. I'm going to slowly teach. And, And that Oh boy, that gets a lot of people mad at me when I tell them that. (laughs) Well, Tala, I have to repeat something to them 5 billion times. I'm like, get ready to repeat it until they're the age of 25. Because kids are going to need repetition. They're They're not just, they don't have years in the making here, friends. They're just you know, barely for a few years on earth. Let's give him a break. You know, if we have to repeat multiple things, repeat it. it. It's not about pride or ego. Watch what interpretations, again, you're making about the fact that you have to repeat something. Like, what does that mean to you? And are are they really intending to threaten you, to piss you off, to to really dismiss you and not listen to you? Is is that really what they're trying to do? Is that or is that what I think they're trying to do? How, which one's gonna get me angrier? And I'm not gonna see them with compassion. So again, will oh, make parenting hard for me. My perception of what I'm looking at is really my reality. And so I want to make sure that we can control that part. We can control how we respond and we can control how we interpret our world. Those are a couple of things we can control. And so I want to make sure that you succeed. Yeah, I actually added two things together, which would be, Please understand that you're going to repeat yourself multiple times. So go ahead and adjust to that. Accept the fact that you're going to repeat things. So if you tend to get upset because you have to repeat things, more than likely you're, you're kind of, your expectations are not realistic, friend. But that's okay. We can bring them back to reality. And I'm here to tell you, even let you know that it is fine. It is fine if a kid, if you have to repeat, repeat. Repeat as many times as you like. I sometimes have to even do the activity with the child. I don't make a big fuss about it. Like if I have to tell my kid, uh, you better pick up your shoes and I make a big old deal. You should have picked up your shoes. I don't know what that does, but for sure, psychologically, it kind of tells the kid, like, dang, (laughs) you just lost your mind because I didn't pick up my shoes. It's not all that, you know? But simply if I don't make a big deal about it and I teach the kid, not that without raising my voice, just talk to them, hey. You know, let's pick up those shoes. That's cool. And I'll help them, I'll help them pick it up. I'm, I won't, I'm not above anybody. I'm not, I'm nobody's boss. I will go down on my knees, pick up the, those shoes or pick up them toys with, with my kid. Like it will not be against my f- religious background. <laughs> okay. It will, it will not harm anyone if I just pick up stuff with them but i've done it before i do it how many times were they just going to become independent or dependent i'm like we're going to extremes here we're going to extremes listen if you have resistance and you're giving resistance towards what you're like they're going to experience it too you give resistance to make to wanting them to clean they're going to also give you resistance back to them cleaning the whole thing is just nasty but if you soften that resistance friends if you kind of soften it You either do what it takes, like, I'm going to get it cleaned. I don't really, if I have to pick up shoes and it's that important to me, I'll just pick them up. I'll be like, hey, can you help me please? Thank you. I appreciate your help, right? And that's it. That's it. Really, just like that. The thing is, if I trained my child to somehow listen to me when I'm raising my voice, when I get angry, when I'm blah, 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 like, I have to figure out what what I made reality or normalized for them. I need to check myself. And that's cool. That makes us a safer parent when we check ourselves. We don't want to just keep repeating stuff because it's convenient, right? Or because my parents did it and it's easy for me to do it. Like, it's okay to say, like, you know what? My mom was always yelling. She was always screaming. She was always screaming. I hated being around my mom. And it's okay to learn and say, you know what? I'm not going to talk that way to my kid. And that's cool. I'm going to really do it. I'm going to really work hard on not yelling to my kid. I'm going to talk to him like a human being. You You treat a... a human like a human, they act like a human, right, and you treat a human like an animal, they'll act like an animal. same thing goes with children right they're little humans. you treat a child like a uh with respect, they're going to give you respect back. You treat a child like an animal like rah, they're going to show you animal back. I hope that makes sense. I'm very serious about this because listen, doing this for some years now it's kind of pretty apparent to me not only as a parent, but as a therapist, that there are certain patterns that continue on into into adulthood, from childhood to adulthood. And I worked with children, and I worked with adults, and I worked with victims, and I worked with perpetrators. I worked with a bit of everybody. And so it kind of like collecting and gathering this information. Look, these patterns still stay. And we think we're so different from the past, but we're not. But we can be better than the past. But we have to know what the hell we're doing and why we're doing it right? And we all have to check ourselves as parents. Nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean you're a good parent, bad parent. You should burn in hell, parent. None of this. None of this is true. Don't label yourself or judge yourself. Give yourself flexibility to learn, to learn how to be a parent that you want to be, that you're going to like yourself for right? Because if you never learn, you're just going to keep excusing bad behavior. You made me angry. You shouldn't have done it. Blah, 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 blah. And you're like, deep down inside, you know, you know, like you know, like you know that I just took something innocent and made it into whatever interpretation I gave it. And it ain't right. It ain't right. Okay. So I want to save you from this misery, friends. I want to save you from that guilt. So let's stop doing it. I kind of just want to do a little quick short thing just to make sure that this gets addressed because I deal with it in therapy often and people are so afraid or ashamed to say that shit, I'm, I'm not, I'm not happy with my parenting. But the good news is I'm glad they're telling me that. That means they want to work on it. That means they want to admit, like, I'm not a the best parent I, I expected myself to be. Like, there's, there's a lot of heaviness going on. Where is that? So today we identified a lot of the heaviness that is going on. Those behaviors not only will they remove a burden from you, but they'll also lighten up the the environment, the energy of the household, you know? Your kids won't be like trying to clean up real quick before you get home because they're afraid of your loudness, right? Or your yelling or your anger or how you're gonna overreact with things. Heck, even understanding that kids, if they lie <laughs> it or they omit information, a lot of the times is because they have seen us overreact to them so really be aware of what judgment you have towards whatever the kid is saying there's a way to correct there's a way to teach without the shame but when I shame a child a lot of the times that's what they're going to get stuck with for a lifetime inside them as a as a, as a way to self-talk they're going to correct themselves with shame so Takes me to my final thing that I want to make sure I address is this, the correction with using shame. Oh boy, I've seen that one. It's convenient again for a parent to use shame because we can guilt and shame a kid real quick and they'll feel bad. Cause I tell them you need to feel bad about something, but the long-term impact is not good. No bueno. I'm telling you this now. Most of the time the child ends up. Uh, self-correcting as an adult using shame and guilt so of course their self-esteem is going to be bashed to little freaking pieces because although the parent is no longer with us we still have the echoing of the parent inside our mind because again they helped us create that reality so what i think is real is still going to be in my head unless later on i fix it take responsibility in fixing that and building my self esteem. But unfortunately, most people don't really do that. They just kind of continue with the self shaming. This is how I correct myself. If I don't do the dishes, I'm no good. If I'm not doing my bed, I'm, I'm lazy. If I rest, I'm lazy. <laughs> so you got to be careful how you convey or correct something. Because if we use shame right after it, oh boy, it's just going to stay forever. Like things that we use say uh, that are shameful are things like, you should have known better. You shouldn't have done this. Like any shoulds is just no good, okay? Like if you didn't do this, this would have happened. Like again, the couldas and the shouldas. Let's see. You should feel bad for doing this. What else? Like these are kind of the statements we're looking at here. Sometimes we don't even think it's shame, but it's shame. It's shame. I'm going to give you probably one of the best examples that a patient ever gave me, which is one time she was sick and she was just resting in her bed. And she must have been like looking at something or playing with something in her hand. And her parent comes in and says, well, you must not be that sick if you're holding or playing with this thing on your bed, right? You must not be that sick. And so it's kind of shaming the kid. Like it's telling them like, you need to be... You need to be basically close to death to get rest. Yeah, like we don't want to do preventative work. Like, hey, you know what? Self-care. Let's teach a kiddo how to do self-care. Take a break. You know, take a few minutes off and then come back to it if you need to. If you need to rest, don't guilt yourself. Just rest. Rest. Everything will be fine. I'd rather you be available and ready after you've rested, okay? Don't push yourself. Just get some rest, okay? No, no, no. A lot of us are like, well, you're not sick enough if you're doing that, or that's just lazy. You just make your, your, your room is so, is so dirty. You're lazy, right? <laughs> I'm laughing because I even hear that stuff when I used to work in the schools. I even hear the kids echoing that when they say, yeah, I'm lazy. And I'm like, who, who says that? Who, who told that little kid that in my head? That's what I'm thinking. But usually I correct it and I'm like, please don't talk about my friend that way. And usually the kid smiles and realizes like, Hey, I just said something not, not so kind to myself about myself. So I don't want to have to do that. (laughs) I don't want to have to say, Hey, kiddo, you deserve much better words to talk about you. And if you need rest, it doesn't mean that you're lazy. It just means you need rest. And it's so interesting that same adult that kind of told you that story about her parents saying, you know, you like have to be close to death. That's exactly what she has a hard time with: is resting. She has to get work, 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 work until burnout, until burnout. Because I guess if you're not productive, you're not you're, just, you're not a you're not a good enough human. You're lazy. You know, you need to be close to your deathbed and then you can stop working because you're going to lose a limb or something like that's, You have lost a lung or something like that is what we have to, that's what we might be teaching our kids with through shaming and guilting, the extremes, right? The extremes. Yeah. Very passionate about this subject. And I want to make sure that we do preventative work now. Nobody's a perfect parent. I never met one of those. Every parent has emotions, has to deal with them. But I'd rather you know what the heck they are that can cause problems later on, right? These emotions we're talking about, I want I want you to be able to know what they are, regulate them, be responsible for them, be aware of your responses, be aware of your internal functioning. So this way, I'm not saying or doing things accidentally because that kid is going to be a sponge. They're going to pick up these messages, whether you're giving them directly or indirectly. And shame, like I said, is a pretty direct message. Like it's a direct message. And again, I'm adding more to what they think is real. Like they think that's how you correct yourself, by shaming yourself. By just, you know what, you're not productive and you need to be, you are it's just not worthy. And like, they're going to grow up and make this unfortunate habit into a sophisticated, stronger, solidified habit to bash down the self-esteem. Let's just save these kids, you guys. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's be a better parent than our parents were. And if our parents were great, that's even better. That means you're going to even be better and better. Wonderful. Wonderful. We don't want to be perfect. We just want to be better. Uh, that's all I care about. All right? Be flexible with yourselves when you correct yourselves. Be flexible with those children. Because when you're flexible with you, it's easy to give it away. But if you're rigid with yourself, it's easy to give that away too. Okay? All right, my friends. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. I'm sending you love and light. And just remember being a better parent starts where you're standing, where you're at, not what you could have done, would have done, should have done, and all that guilt. Let your inner child play, set them free. This has been an episode of Drive Through.